0: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome back to the channel it is currently 8 44 a.m east coast time it is tuesday october 29th and we're going to take an early look an early pics look quote unquote, for the seo search value of this video and podcast, but an early look at the week nine NFL slate where we have a shorter slate, right? Not 13, 12, or even 11 games. We only have 10 games on this slate as more teams go on by, not as many games on the main slate. Excited to kind of take a first look and really a little bit more than a first look, deeper than a first look. We're going to look at all of my early interests for every single position here. Welcome to the channel or the podcast if you are new here. My name is Sal Vetri. I do cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets. Very excited to get into this week, but before we do it, if you get any value from this podcast or video and yes this isn't this is in a podcast version if you're watching on YouTube and you think that might be more convenient for you on some days and if you're listening on the podcast hey how's it going the goal here is, if you get any value from this, it's a totally free video on YouTube. you can hit the subscribe button, that allows me to build an audience, allows me to reach more people, and that does help me out a ton on all the platforms. Also, linked up down below in the description of this podcast or video is my Patreon. I have exclusive content over there uh, every single day, my NBA model. And as of right now, about 25 hours a week per week go into work that goes into Patreon in the form of live streams, podcasts, um, 15 page write-ups on every single game, things like that. So you can check that out link down below, as well as all of my social media, Salvetri DFS on Twitter at Salvetry DFS, Salvetry on Instagram, which starting in November, I will have more content focused around DFS and what I do here on Instagram instead of just a personal page, as well as Facebook, the Salvetry Facebook page. So check all that out. Social medias um, and you can reach me out on Twitter if you need to. Let me know if you have any questions about any of the things I just stated that are in the description. But if you hit the subscribe button hit the like button in this video let's get into sort of an early interest you can see over my shoulder the target offense sheet this sheet is pretty much all good set to go defense versus position pace all this stuff the only thing that we're waiting on is the kansas city chiefs and minnesota vikings total that game is off the books right now because patrick mahomes wants to play and andy Reid said he'll let him play if the doctors say yes so the odds are right now is that patrick mahomes won't play they're saying early on that it's an outside chance better chance that he plays in week 10 but it's still not totally off the table. So starting with early interest, quarterback interests, um, and these stat sheets that I have for key stats for every single position aren't fully updated. They're probably about 75% updated, waiting for some sites that I pull from to update more. Um, But just blowing this up, early interest in really the ranking order here is yes, Y equals yes, X equals maybe, some interest right now, N equals no. Now, by the end of the week, after I do a lot more of my in-depth analysis come Friday, where I do my final thoughts video, a lot of these things can change. My nose can become yeses, yeses, no's, vice versa, all those things, right? There's a lot of different combinations that can happen. Right now, after a high level look at the slate and then also doing some initial research, right? I do my awesome show today or the awesome show today. It's going to be Chris Randone at 11 a.m. East Coast time. You should check it out on the Osmo YouTube channel prepping for that this is kind of where I land right now and again lots of this is subject to change Matthew Stafford I have a lot of interest in this week against Oakland I mean last week we saw um, what Hopkins was able to do over 100 yards on a ton of catches being the primary target there Jordan Aikens a tight end had a lot of success as well running out of the slot we saw what really Watson was able to do right I mean his playmaking ability just being able to elude rushers um, that touchdown to win the game game winning touchdown really at the end of it was fantastic Matthew Stafford though coming in in an offense that wants to throw the ball more like they used four running backs last week. No carry Johnson. Their whole scheme this year was run the ball, run the ball. You lose your starting running back. And really, that starting running back was ineffective. Matthew Stafford is going to be a guy who throws the ball more moving forward. He's priced up, but he gets Oakland. Very good matchup. His dominating receivers on the outside. Two weeks ago, Marvin Jones had the big week last week. Kenny Galladay 120 plus yards and two touchdowns both these guys are in fantastic spots Danny Amendola in the slot nowhere near as much upside in terms of the a dot averages at the target and air yards how much yards on each of these targets is actually going from the line of scrimmage to the point of where the ball drops whether it's a catch or incompletion um it, it's nowhere close like Danny Amendola he has to survive on seeing six to eight receptions and most weeks he might not even see six to eight targets so it's really hard to rely on that I like the big outside receivers definitely like Matthew Stafford in a week where his team has a 24.25 team implied total and Oakland is giving up 25.1 fantasy points per game to the quarterback position that is the highest on the slate really good matchup really good spot to stack because you have two clear dominating wide receivers that do have good matchups Jameis Winston was my highest owned quarterback last week, um, right? After that was Deshaun Watson. It was the highest owned stack I had in Tampa Bay. He's 6,100. He's way too cheap. The Seattle secondary continues to be suspect. We saw last week, although in the fourth quarter, a lot of it was just garbage time. Matt Schaub goes for over 400 yards. A lot of that was not in garbage time. And yes, it helps when you have Julio Jones, but it's also going to help that Jameis Winston has Chris Godwin coming out of the slot. Last week had a brutal matchup against Logan Ryan. Did not perform. Had a floor game and still scores 12 plus fantasy or 10 plus fantasy points in this week. And we saw Mike Evans go off last week. And this week, even better matchup on the outside. I imagine Griffin will not be on Evans. You probably have the bigger cornerback in Trey Flowers on Evans. Chris Scott will operate out of the slot in a beneficial matchup. So $6,100 Jameis Winston, his clear two wide receivers. And the reason I like him even more is I don't care if he has two or three interceptions or three or four turnovers like he did this past week. It's much better, honestly, when he does, because now he's playing from behind. And instead of handing the ball off on the next drive a couple of times, you're probably going to be throwing it nonstop, especially later in the game. That's what we saw. Jameis still had a good lot week last week, even after having a lot of turnovers because turnovers in fantasy don't matter. I don't care that he's a bad real-life quarterback. He's great in fantasy. 6,100, he's an early interest of mine against the Seattle team that's giving up 21.6 fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. That's top five on the slate and a spot where he has a 22.5 team total. He is a six and a half point underdog on the road. I'll take quarterbacks when they're underdogs, more so when they're favorites. Um, This is a nice spot. The Seattle secondary has been torn up now by guys like Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Schaub, and Mason Rudolph. Maybe not torn up by Matt Schaub or um, Teddy Bridgewater, Mason Rudolph, but when they needed to throw the ball because they don't throw the ball all that much, they were able to pretty easily so really suspect secondary outside of obviously no Earl Thomas there now with Baltimore but outside of like uh, Shaq Griffin who's been very good on the outside but I doubt he sees anybody other than maybe like a Brashad Perriman in this game so that's not really a factor Sam Darnold at 5,900 is my final yes I only have three yeses look he's facing Miami they give up 24.2 fantasy points per game they made Mason Rudolph look pretty good last night Deontay Johnson was getting open Juju was getting open it's just a really bad defense yes they give up a ton of rushing yards but they're actually closer to middle of the pack and rush defense rather than bottom third of the league or bottom five they just give up a ton of actual yardage not actually efficiency like teams are getting up so much on them that you could run the ball 35 times instead of running the ball 25 times for getting the same amount of yardage so they're not as bad on the ground as they might seem but that being said when they're trailing a lot you do run the ball a lot more and it does give you upside to your running backs like Le'Veon Bell this week we'll get to but Sam Darnold early in the game should have a lot of success especially if this game just stays within like two scores entering the second half he'll still be passing the ball five and a half point favorite not as great for a quarterback you like to see them in some of these three-point spreads or even being a slight underdog but five and a half point favorite for a matchup where even if Xavier Howard plays he hasn't been great this year been banged up all season long really good spot for quarterbacks all season long and you do have some clear targets to pair him with now Le'Veon Bell hasn't been active in the receiving game so correlating that doesn't make me feel too comfortable but you have Robbie Anderson on the outside for a big play upside. Jamison Crowder are going to be in the slot against Wiltz, who has been one of the worst slot cornerbacks for Miami. Uh, we'll break that down more in the final thoughts video. But right now, Sam Darnold stands out. And then I have four maybes. Uh, Russell Wilson, he's just a huge favorite. Well, not huge, but six and a half point favorite. Yes, his running back, Chris Carson, has a tough matchup. So maybe he throws more. But as a six and a half point favorite at 7,100? This is the exact spot where I said it. Last week, Russell Wilson might throw 20 times. He might throw 25 times. Paying $7,100 for a guy who's only going to throw 25 times to 28 times is a decent-sized favorite at home. And historically, when Pete Carroll's home as a close-to-touchdown favorite, they run the ball more than they throw. That's really tough to swallow at 7,100, although it's a great matchup. So yes, he is interesting. We'll see how the week plays out. But it's dangerous because of how big of a favorite he is. Highest team total on the slate at 29. Highest game total right here with Tampa. This is a really nice game stacking spot. I prefer to just stack the other side of this. Jameis, the wide receivers. Yes, they're expensive. Run it back with maybe a DK Metcalf or some sorts there. Even a Chris Carson if you really want to. Seems a little bit scary. But if they are going to be up this big, Chris Carson should continue to see 20 plus touches. And maybe, hey, by the end of this video today on Tuesday, trade deadline, maybe Rashad Penny has shipped out even more usage for Chris Carson. Aaron Rodgers, 6,900. Look, I'm a Packers fan. I love Aaron Rodgers. This is going to be a very slow-paced game. I still don't know if they have Devontae Adams out. I lean that they won't or they won't have him for this week. So three-point favorite here. He's 6,900. He's been playing great the last two weeks, but it's very hard to continue the efficiency he's been having, 300-plus yards and three touchdowns, on only like 30 pass attempts. This past week, he had around 30 pass attempts. He's been averaging that so far around... This season, it's been 35, skewed up by one game where he threw over 50 times. So they want him to just throw the ball about 30 times. This Chargers defense, the defensive line, we saw last week, David Montgomery had a lot of success. This Chargers defense is just absolutely banged up right now. Um, they lost, they had no, two of their top defensive tackles out last week. It was very easy to run on them. And Melvin Gordon or Melvin Ingram has been banged up. So I think just running the ball on the ground, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, that's the way the Packers win this game three-point favorites on the road I like the the backfield more here than paying all the way up for Aaron Rodgers again he's been fantastic right now he's currently the MVP candidate uh, but it's a tough spot for me to want to pay when really last week more than half of his yards came from Aaron Jones as a receiver that's not going to hold up now if Devontae Adams is back out there sure it's a better spot for Aaron Rodgers makes it easier to maybe stack but even then these wide receivers aren't doing anything Jake Kumru, MVS, Ron Moallison, Alan Lazard had five catches for like 40 yards, and that was by far the best performance from a wide receiver in the past two weeks, um, or the past two out of the last three weeks outside of MVS is just two catches, which were not fluky, but two catches for 133 yards uh, the week before against Oakland. So he's had two very good matchups, Oakland and Kansas City, some of the weakest secondaries in the league, Chargers secondaries banged up, but there's still Casey Hayward out there. There's still Desmond King out there. Tougher matchup, 6,900. I lean not to get there. Right now, he's a maybe. I'm actually going to put him as a no right now. I just like the backfield a lot more for a guy who, in this game, I think more times than not, throws it around 30 to 32 times. Josh Allen, 6,500. The price point doesn't move from last week. It's tough to get here, honestly. Really good matchup, um, but I'd rather just pay all the way up to Matt Stafford. I'd rather pay down a little bit to Jameis Winston. He's in a weird pricing spot for a guy who doesn't throw for 300 plus yards a game. He'll throw for around the 220 range. Maybe he'll run for 40 yards on the ground. So far this season, Josh Allen on the ground is averaging 33.6 yards per game. So definitely a nice floor there, but relative to the people around him, his stacking options are Cole Beasley and John Brown. John Brown's seen 53 targets this year, Cole Beasley 52. Like it's an okay spot, but I don't want to be stacking with Cole Beasley for lower upside. I just don't get there as much. Josh Allen as a cash quarterback, okay, but I'd rather pay down or pay up. Not a spot that I find myself getting to. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 4,800. The only quarterback I want below 5k. There's a lot of quarterbacks on this slate. I mean, Kirk Cousins at 6,700 against Kansas City. People are going to say, oh, why don't you go there? Because I really think that the running backs are going to run about 38 times in this game right now. And Kirk Cousins might only throw similar to Russell Wilson 20, 24 times and paying a top dollar price tag for a guy who's not going to throw all that often is a little bit worrisome. Cousins right now only averaging 27 pass attempts per game. And I think that's right around where he comes in for this game. Why not pay $100 more to Stafford who's averaging nine more pass attempts per game? 36 so Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Jets their outside quarterbacks have been bad Daryl Roberts Tremaine uh, Johnson have been bad Brian Poole in the slot has been good but the outside receivers are the best receivers on this team uh, for Miami and they're actually pretty deep at wide receiver I mean if you think about it they have on the outsides Devonte Parker Preston Williams a rookie uh, in the slot they have Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns all rotating that's five very solid wide receivers they have some of the best wide receiver depth in the league they don't have any one standout star but in terms of like having Jakeem Grant as your fifth wide receiver coming out of the slot um, he's a very talented and versatile wide receiver who a lot of teams would probably be starting in the slot on their team that being said Fitzpatrick just draws a good matchup he has a terrible team total so it's the he's only on this list because he's like the below 6k option um Sam Darnold at 5900 would be my option below 6k but then after that it's all the way down to Ryan Fitzpatrick let's get going onto to running backs go through these a little quicker um Dalvin Cook and not because it's just easier to break them down than quarterbacks um Dalvin Cook against Kansas City great spot Kansas City's allowing the most fantasy points per game to running backs on this slate 32.7 Kansas City we continue to see them since the beginning of last year be ranked the worst defense in the entire league against running backs this year it is the Cincinnati Bengals um overall but a good pace spot here Dalvin Cook you have to imagine Kansas City is going to say we have to stop Dalvin Cook but they don't have Xavier Williams he's out for the entire year on IR Chris Jones a defensive tackle defensive lineman in a pass rusher really but also stops the run pretty well he's been out for the past month or so um, they just have a ton of guys banged up uh, they have a couple linebackers banged up some of their better linebackers and if these guys are going to be out for this game as well and Xavier Williams definitely will be just a good spot for Cook Le'Veon Bell against Miami again Miami's just giving up a ton of rushing yards per game because they just get down big the Jets are five and a half point favorites here I should tell you how bad Miami is Jets are five and a half point favorites. Miami allowing 32 fantasy points per game to the running back position. I imagine Le'Veon Bell continues to get the ball on the ground and not be needed too much in the air here. Uh, But the guy is still playing 80 plus percent of the snaps on the season right now. Le'Veon Bell coming into that last week was playing 92 percent of the snaps. So it's just a really good volume spot for a guy whose price point is coming up and hasn't been ultra effective. But you would imagine this is the get right spot. He's rarely a favorite here. And now he's going to be a decent sized favorite. Aaron Jones at $7,000. Aaron Jones will be a yes for me if Devontae Adams is out. He probably leans as a yes if Devontae Adams is in, but he's going to be more so towards a maybe. So I expect right now Adams to be out. We'll see if he practices this week. He really wasn't anywhere close to playing last week, even though some people in the media were saying, oh, he's not ruled out yet. He's doubtful only. He hasn't been stepping on the practice field yet. It's been like five weeks and the man hasn't stepped on the practice field. So I'm not too confident in his ability unless I see some limited to full participants this week. If he's out, well, Aaron Jones is the number one receiver on this team for the Packers. And it's not even a joke. He is. They're using him out wide. They're using him. So brilliantly last week by Matt LaFleur to put him on the outside against linebackers, does a double move and just absolutely torches a guy for a deep, what would have been touchdown, but steps out of bounds. Nonstop the guy in the screen game on the outside. They're using him so creatively that at $7,000, he has, yes, running back one upside, leading the league, I believe, in rushing touchdowns still and overall touchdowns. But then he also has wide receiver one upside when you are the number one option with no Devonte Adams with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback in a game where your team has a total of 24 and a half. Uh, you're a three point favorite. So that helps you on the running game. But also you're going to be targeted. I would say if there's no Devonte Adams, Aaron Jones gets targeted as a median five and a half times, right around five or six times in this game like this spot josh jacobs 6500 is a yes the price point is surely coming up here but detroit has been really bad against running backs a lot of this is because mike daniels has been out so track his status for the the week upcoming daniels hasn't played in close to a month now uh detroit is allowing the second most fantasy points per game on this slate 32.5 and josh jacobs is just getting a ton of rushing attempts josh jacobs right now is averaging 17.7 rushing attempts per game, which on this slate would rank somewhere in the top seven. And that's very good because he's also getting a little bit more active in the receiving game. I'm um, not running a ton of more routes, really kind of stabilizing a little, bit, a little ways around like the 15 routes or 12 to 15, but he is being looked at more in checkdowns, which is sort of an adjustment since the bye week. He's a two point favorite. I like that a little. And then it's just a ton of question marks here. Christian McCaffrey's 10K, the first 10K player we've seen at the running back position this year. And it's deserving. He should be. He's scoring 31.5 fantasy points per game. It's going to be a high-paced spot. This Tennessee defense has been very good, but so was the San Francisco 49ers defense, right? McCaffrey is a wide receiver one and running back one, and he's just matchup proof. $10,000, though, I prefer Dalvin Cook for $500 less, who I would probably prefer if they were the same price, honestly, in this matchup against Kansas City and how bad that defense is, one, beaten up and banged up, but two there's no Matt or there's no Patrick Mahomes on the opposite side most likely so the idea that Minnesota gets ahead and then can run the ball even more even though they're going to run even if they're down by three or up by three but if they're up by 10 they're going to just only run there's no reason to make Kirk Cousins throw the ball at that point get out of there with a win and go to six and two I believe so I just like Dalvin Cook more it's going to be tough to fit both of these guys in you're going to have to find some extreme value Um, I don't think it's going to be needed especially with the spots that Le'Veon Bell and Aaron Jones are in Uh, Right now, James Conner is a question mark against the Colts. He suffered an injury. He might not be playing. It was like an MC sprain, so I think that might actually keep him out. If that is the case, Jalen Samuels becomes a great play because Benny Snell also suffered an injury. Jalen Samuel missed Monday Night Football game. He was very close to playing. He practiced in full throughout the week. So I expect Jalen Samuel at $4,000 to become one of the chalkiest and best plays on the slate. Not only is he a good running back on the ground, but he catches the ball as well. So keep an eye on that. If James Conner is indeed going to miss, Jalen Samuel just track his status, but I expect him to play. No Benny Snell Jr. behind him, so a guy like Trey Edmonds would come into play, a preseason-type player. Uh, if for some reason Jalen Samuels had a setback and all three of these guys missed, well, minimum price, $3,000, uh, Trey Edmonds would come into play for Pittsburgh, but I don't expect that to happen. I think Jalen Samuels is going to be a fantastic play this week if indeed we get news that James Conner will miss. Nick Chubb, really tough matchup against Denver. Uh, they're right now ranked the number one run defense in the league. Again, I'll keep echoing it. Their only bad game was when Leonard Fournette went for 225 yards, and that was a really bad game. But also in that game, they were missing Derek Wolf, and they replaced him with one of the worst tackling defensive lineman in the league so big reason why that Leonard Fournette went for huge gains and then also they lost Bradley Chubb in that game so they had another backup player in their front seven other than that they've been some of one of the best defensive um, units against the run but Nick Chubb has been just non-stop breaking tackles um, has been getting through some of the toughest run defenses in the entire league we saw him do it against the New England Patriots last week fumbled twice his first two drives of the game for the Browns he fumbles um, but he still has been very good. So he's a question mark. Like I want to put Nick Chubb as a no. And most $7,300 running backs against this Broncos defense, I would put as a no. Like I wouldn't want to play them. I think that this Denver Broncos run defense is that good. But you take into account that Nick Chubb's a two and a half point favorite, that a guy named Brandon Allen is going to be starting for Denver this week with no Joe Flacco. I think he has a neck injury. And now you see a spot where Cleveland finally maybe leads this game for parts of it. And just Nick Chubb touches the ball 20 plus times, 22 plus times. And that's really hard not to like it, even if he's being not effective in this game he can still go for somewhere near 80 yards in the ground catch a couple balls and then he is going to be touched on the pendant at that point but that's like one of his worst days in this situation so I do like Chubb I might even make him a yes right now it's a brutal matchup and I will echo that all week long but it's just the idea that the team against him as a backup quarterback this is a spot where Cleveland can get right although their defense is great overall it could just turn into a slugfest where Nick Chubb touches the ball 24 times on the ground two times in the air and it's really hard for him not to get there at that point Up next, Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. Gordon's only 5,000 against a Packers defense that has given up points, 28.1 per game to the running back position. Austin Eckler is $6,000, $1,000 more. He's going to be used in similar ways. They've been running about the same amount of snaps we saw this past week they both were on the field about 50% of the time Eckler's is going to be used more as a passer this team is just loaded with weapons now I mean they've been banged up all year but Keenan Allen should play Mike Williams is going to play Melvin Gordon Austin Eckler Hunter Henry that's five guys in this offense who can see a good game so based on this slate I think Melvin Gordon's an interesting play against Green Bay they're three-point underdogs but they're home underdogs which is a very good spot so maybe Maybe um, you get there, but right now I have to break this down a little bit more. I slightly lean Eckler. I should also mention that Philip Rivers was not on my quarterback interest as a home underdog, which is where you want to target. He only has a 21 and a half point favorite. His offensive line is terrible. And now he's getting probably the best pass rush in the entire league in the Packers with Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith coming to town and a very solid secondary. I get it. A home underdog is a, a, a great spot, but not a good team total. In just a terrible spot in terms of his offensive line versus that defensive line which is another reason why melvin gordon probably leans more so towards a no for me i'm going to make that decision right now melvin gordon's going to be a no offensive line versus packers defensive line Even though they've shown struggles against the running backs, it's just so bad, the offensive line. I would lean more so to get Austin Eckler as a running back there. Buffalo, Devin Singletary, he played over 60% of the snaps. Frank Gore went right to the bench. Now, that might have been game script, but $4,700 for Devin Singletary in a match against Washington where they're 9.5-point favorites. This might be a Frank Gore game, sure, but I like Devin Singletary's odds here um in terms of just paying off that tag another guy mark walton saw the most touches last night i believe he saw 11 um against the steelers really tough matchup now he gets another tough matchup against the jets but they're going to be without cj mosley for potentially the rest of the year at least five to six weeks is what adam gaze said and then maybe they'll get him back just shut, shut the guy down your season's over i don't know Maybe it's just so he can get back on the field, the new acquisition. But Mark Walton's a five and a half point underdog. We did see him touch the ball 14 total times, three receptions last night. Look, he's 4,500. There's no more Kenyon Drake there. Kalen Balaj is the only other running back that was active last night. Maybe they activate a guy like Miles Gaskin for next week, and then maybe that hurts him a little bit. But if they only have two running backs, Bellage and Mark Walton, active for this Jets game, there's a really good chance Mark Walton catches another three balls, and he has a floor in the receiving game or around there, a median of five to six points. He just has to do something on the ground to pay off a $4,500 tag. This is probably more of a cash play, but there is tournament upside. I think Devin Singletary is the better, better tournament play as a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. I think Mark Walton's is the better cash play. Jalen Samuels, we already said it, he'll probably be one of the best running back plays in the slate if James Conner is indeed going to miss this game. Chris Carson, he's only a no right now because the matchup is so brutal against Tampa Bay, only allowing 16.3 points per game to the running back position. They have shut down Christian McCaffrey. No team has been able to, and they've shut down Christian McCaffrey for three out of four quarters, and including obviously three out of four quarters is going to include an entire game in there as well. Um, we'll break down more of those running backs and kind of solidify it come Friday. Wide receivers is my biggest list as always. Um, I don't really want to spend the entire time here, but for the wide receiver list. Kenny Galladay is a yes against Oakland. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones will be. I like stacking these guys. It's just a good spot. Um, I already talked about my interest. If I have a lot of interest in a quarterback, I'm going to have interest in their wide receivers. So Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones are yeses. Chris Goblin and Mike Evans, both very expensive this week. Both have great matchups. Goblin out of the slot and Evans on the outside. It's expensive to stack them with Jameis, sure. But if you have a guy like Jalen Samuels open up, it becomes much easier to do so, right? If you punt the tight end this week, it becomes much easier to do so. So it's all about lineup construction. Those four receivers in Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, Goblin and Evans are going to have a lot of interest to me because I have a lot of interest in their quarterback and I like the stack team in game stack. Allen Robinson versus Philly secondary. Jalen Mills has looked good through two weeks, right? He played very well against Amari Cooper. Cooper got the best of him, but just some really outstanding catches. And he played very well last week against John Brown when he was on him. Brown only catches like five balls in that game. So um, for like 50 yards on eight targets. So Allen Robinson comes to town now. He'll be moved into the slot. We'll have a great matchup on the outside. He'll have a quality matchup against Jalen Mills. Mills is not a shutdown corner, but he's just been the best thing Philly has had. Like this spot, steep price point for Allen Robinson at 6,800. But on a 10 game slate, that's going to happen. John Brown against Washington. John Brown's seen 53 targets this year it's a good spot against Washington there's really nobody out there that can defend him the price point's getting not steep I will say because this is a guy who median projection wise will grade out for like 12 to 13 points in this spot so 6100 is okay obvious upside somewhere in the mid to high 20s 6100 is a fine price point uh DJ Moore I want to look more into DJ Moore in these matchups Adore Jackson missed last week whoever gets Malcolm Butler you saw Mike Evans just destroy Malcolm Butler last week but whoever gets Butler Butler is a slower cornerback who is just more size but has been not great this year and both Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore can fly. So I'll have interest in whoever will be the primary guy. I'll have that information in the game notes on Patreon come Thursday, as well as the final thoughts video come Friday. Lots of question players. Stefan Diggs, his price point seems really expensive for a spot where I don't know if I think, look, these wide receivers are going to have to catch the ball, Adam Thielen and Diggs, but we've seen it. When they're in a good spot to run the ball, These wide receivers might not see anywhere near a ceiling game or even a game to be needed to win it. And now they're priced up. It's not Stefan Diggs being $6,000 anymore. He's 7,600. Like he has to have the games he's been having and Thielen might come back. So honestly, these Minnesota receivers being the two highest price on the slate, I don't like it. We saw last week with the Packers that they won via the passing game throwing to running backs or they won via the running game and throwing to running backs where kansas city struggles the most yes kansas city does not have a good secondary they should get kendall fuller back which isn't the biggest of upgrades for them but it's definitely better than what they've been putting in the slot that being said it's tough to pay top dollar for minnesota's wide receivers when i'm so interested in the running back and really think the game flow goes towards the running backs tire Lockett, at 7500 Another spot where it's tough to pay top dollar. Yes, this is a very good matchup for Tyler Lockett. But do I want to spend all of my money? And most weeks, this is a spot where Deion Drake Hopkins, right? And Julio Jones are priced this high. Do I want to spend all my money on Tyler Lockett? Who, yes, Seattle probably isn't able to run the ball. So maybe you get Russell Wilson throwing 35 times in this game instead of like 28. And then you see like seven, eight targets for Lockett. Uh, And it's a very good matchup. I agree. It's just a matter of how do you want to prioritize this? If I want to play Mike Evans, I want to play Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay. These guys are all more expensive than Tyler Lockett. So yes, I have interest in Lockett. He's not a no, he's a maybe right now. It's just, I like a lot more of these other guys up top higher than him. Those guys have more consistent target shares and more just overall um, better passing game well not better passing game matchups overall but when it comes down to how their team operates it's Jameis Winston throwing the ball there's nobody in that backfield it's Matt Stafford throwing the ball there's nobody in that backfield whereas there's a chance that Chris Carson still sees 20 touches even if they are ineffective and that hurts the overall passing game for Lockett and the Seahawks Uh, Tyree Kill even with Matt Moore I like him here Um, has a good matchup against Minnesota both these cornerbacks and Trey Wayne's and on the outside, Trey Wayne and Xavier Rhodes have not been great. Hill at 7,400, again, not a priority because I like more than him, Godwin, Evans, and Galladay, but he's going to be interesting. Devontae Adams is a maybe. If he plays, I'll like him. I'll probably see Casey Hayward, his old teammate, which is an issue, um, but I don't think he's going to play, so right now he's just a maybe to see what happens there. T.Y. Hilton against Pittsburgh, want to break down more into that matchup for T.Y. Hilton on the outside against whoever it might be, maybe Joe Hayden, we'll see. Keenan Allen against the Packers. Tough matchup here. I think you get Mike Williams. So I'll talk about Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Um, I like both these guys in general, but Mike Williams probably more this week, but his price is up. Mike Williams probably gets Kevin King because the Packers put their bigger cornerback on the bigger wide receiver because Jair Alexander is a little bit undersized. He'll probably follow Jair Alexander, Keenan Allen, even into the slot. He's done it this year, which makes Keenan Allen an even riskier play. Um, So I'm going to put Keenan Allen. He's a fantastic quarterback or wide receiver. I'm going to leave him as a maybe but it's a risky spot. Tyrell Williams is 5,900 against Detroit. Good spot. Slay's been banged up. He might not play again. Even if he does, he has not been great this season. DK Metcalf, 5,700. I'd rather pay for DK. He had two wide open touchdowns. Like, his stat line last week is going to be so misleading. Like, it's going to seem like he caught two crazy jump balls. He was wide open in, on like a slant where they just left him in the first, first touchdown. In the second one, he was wide open in the back right corner. Like, wide open. Nobody even followed him. It was very weird. Just twice, just mislaps by the defense there in the red zone. Juju against Indy is fine. You want to attack You want to attack Indy with slot wide receivers, pass-catching running backs, and tight ends. They will not allow you to throw deep on them for the most part. They will play a very strict zone defense, but Juju will be coming out of the slot, so it's a good matchup for him. Robbie Anderson and Crowder, I already talked about my interest in Darnold. He's a yes, so his top two wide receiver options are also going to be a yes for me. Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, I talked about having interest in Ryan Fitzpatrick. These would be the two guys I go to. Devontae Parker has more air yards, and he's Ryan Fitzpatrick's favorite target there. Whoever gets Daryl Roberts, which will probably be Devontae Parker, shorter, not shorter, but smaller receiver than Preston Williams. Um, So we'll see what those matchups look like later in the week. But those are the receivers that I like. Let's finish it up with tight ends here. Tight ends. DraftKings finally got it right, I will say, quote unquote, right? Um, Pricing up these tight ends. You have Travis Kelsey, 6,900 with Matt Moore. Minnesota has not been great against tight ends, but they haven't been terrible. They have been a little bit worse against really good tight ends, though which they've only seen about one or two so far this year. Darren Waller priced up three guys in the 6K range. We rarely see one guy in the 6K range. Travis Kelsey finally below 7K. I have Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Hunter Henry, and Zach Ertz as a yes. Travis Kelsey is probably the guy I get to the least, only because his quarterback's Matt Moore and he's all the way priced up. Um, The guy I like the most here is Zach Ertz and Hunter Henry. Ertz is just way too cheap and if you get Deshaun Jackson back this week that's a big if but if you do get Deshaun Jackson back for the Eagles this week it's going to take off so much double teams in the middle of the field this offense right now for Philadelphia is very narrow they're running the ball they're throwing to Ertz in the middle of the field mostly short they're throwing the ball mostly short to Alshon Jeffrey who is not as much of a deep threat Matt Collins cannot stretch the field the guy hasn't had a catch I don't think in the past four weeks the past month of the season if indeed Deshaun Jackson is back it opens up the field more and makes them not as narrow of an offense and it makes Zachary have a lot better of matchups. So Zachary will probably come in as my highest own tight end. If I had a guess, if Deshaun Jackson is back, Hunter Henry, the Packers have struggled against tight ends. A lot of it's inflated by Daryl. Um, Darren Waller's huge game, but again, they haven't faced many good tight ends. And when they face anything quality, they do struggle with their linebackers. Um, and they have a rookie in Darnell Savage, who's been very good, uh, especially just playing the safety position, but guarding one-on-one against tight ends. He's a little bit undersized. So Right now, I'm liking Zach Ertz and Hunter Henry the most, but Darren Waller obviously has clear upside, scored another touchdown last week, two catches on eight targets. That is not his fault that he didn't do better. If you have eight targets and only t- catch two balls, there's a really good chance your quarterback was just all over the place and very inaccurate. Some other tight ends who are maybes, Greg Olson against Tennessee. He's too cheap for the amount of snaps and routes he's running vance mcdonald against indy i echoed it a little bit earlier you attack indy with slot wide receivers they play a zone so they want to funnel it to the middle of the field pass catching running backs that's a bump up for them so Jalen samuels fantastic spot if he gets a start and there's no james Conner, probably close to a lock Uh, vance mcdonald in the middle of the field at 4100 has not been running the most routes but now he's getting healthier good matchup uh john new smith if Delaney walkers out i'll keep going back to him um and I'm really not going back to him i haven't played him yet i i don't think he's that safe ryan Tannehill is the quarterback there's other options out there that were not playing as well last week cory davis and john and um aj brown just not going to get a ton of targets i think that switches against carolina um a, a bit of a tougher matchup probably the, one of the toughest on the slate for john new smith and then lastly a punt option is Noah Fant. 3000 dollars Jeff Hurriman got hurt. Track that status. The backup tight end. Fant ran the most route snaps he's ever played because Fant or Hurriman was injured. 82% snaps played. And he saw eight targets. Part of that is because Hurriman was out and he ran so many uh, routes and played so many snaps. But also Emmanuel Sanders got shipped out. Emmanuel Sanders being shipped out is going to help know Fant the most. Fred Brown is or Fred Brown is going to directly fill in for him on the outside, but Fred Brown is Nobody great. I might even be saying that guy's name wrong. It might be Fred Davis, but I believe it's Fred Brown on the outside. People think Deshaun Hamilton is going to be this new wide receiver, new toy. He stayed in the slot as expected last week, at least as expected by me on this channel. He stayed in the slot and that's not going to change. Um, he's going to be a slot wide receiver. And now you have Brandon Allen throwing the ball. So it's really not a good spot for Fant. But again, if you want to think about it, Brandon Allen's throwing the ball. You probably rely on your tight end, the most close to the middle of the field. Uh, no know Fant if there's no Jeff Harriman, I think at $3,000 is a very good punt option. So that's where I'm at with tight ends. Let me move it back to the target offense sheet as we close this up. Thank you for tuning in. I will be um, putting out a Thursday night football video tomorrow morning, NBA videos every single day on this channel. As of Thursday or Friday, probably Friday, there'll be my final thoughts video of the week. We will stream live Thursday before the Thursday night game, Talk, talk on talk about some... NBA stuff. Talk about some of the uh, showdown slate. And then Sunday morning at 11 a.m. I'll be live. You can follow me on my social medias linked up down below. If you're listening on the audio version and you have a couple of seconds, I would greatly appreciate a five star rate and review. If you enjoyed this, hit the subscribe button before you leave on the podcast and YouTube. If you got any value from this video, uh, you can see my Patreon um, exclusive content linked up down below. I'll be releasing the game by game notes. Every single player I touch on that I think is valuable in every single game. All 20 of these teams on Thursday, as well as a lot more stuff. Wednesday will be our live stream on Patreon Friday podcast for ownership. Sunday morning closing thoughts, as well as a lot of tiers in there for showdown slates, just data, all these data sheets you're seeing right here, projections, all that can be found linked up down below. If you have any questions, reach out to me over on Twitter. Um, And yeah, have a great rest of your day. Appreciate you tuning in. My name is Sal. You already know that. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.